turn to Galatians chapter 3 as we uh, continue looking at um, adoption and orphan care and that through the Word. Two weeks ago, we, we looked at the word intentionality and we did sort of an overview of this ministry of, of what God's heart... Yeah, they can come on in. Of what... That's part of being a deacon. Can y'all go rake something or can y'all paint or do something? No, just teasing. Come on in. Esther, we voted you a yes. Yes. Uh, two weeks ago, we looked at, like I said, the reality of, of God's heart with regards to this. And we, we, we used the word intentionality, that, that we've got to be intentional in our pursuit uh, of this ministry. And, and just today, I want us to look quickly at the, uh, the fact of our own adoption that our efforts in regards to this ministry, in regards to orphans, in regards to adoption, in regards to fostering, all these, all these efforts are sourced in our own adoption. And, and that's what I want us to see today. It's sourced in God having adopted us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Until we properly understand that, we won't properly understand God's call to go out and do likewise. We, we need to understand rightly. And so over the next couple of weeks, I, I want us to understand that. And, and today, if, if we could walk out with one word today, it would be the idea that, that you have been adopted. The idea of your own adoption. To, to see yourself, believer, as someone who has been adopted, not just forgiven, not just justified, but adopted. And, and that's really what I want us to see today. And you'll see on your handout that believers are adopted into God's family through their faith in Christ. And we are called to love others in the way that we have first been loved by God. The, the, the reality is, is this ministry is sourced in our own adoption. You look at verse 26 of chapter 3 of Galatians and he says... For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Let, let that sink in for a moment. Child. Adopted. More than just forgiven, but adopted. A, a brand new status, as you'll see as point one on your handout. Through faith in Christ, we have been given a new status as an adopted child of God. The, the gospel is what fuels this heart. Understanding our own adoption through the gospel is what fuels our love and, and, and adoption of others. Our attitudes, everything about it is first sourced in our own realization that we have been adopted. You know, at, at the very heart of really of everything of, of Paul's letter here to the Galatians is the idea that of a status change, of, of you're no longer, he talks about no longer being slaves, but you're sons. Now, we are sons and we are slaves, but we don't relate to God in that sense, is what he's saying specifically in chapter 4. We do what he says and we're obedient, but, but it's a sonship. There's a sonship that permeates the relationship. We have been adopted and we have become sons and daughters through faith. Everything else that he talks about in Galatians goes back to that simple but profound truth that as believers, you and I are God's children. 
that he's taken us in, that he's adopted us. And, and all throughout Scripture, we, we see this reality. A, a prominent one is, is Romans 8, verse 15 and, and following. And he says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him. You can go to 1 John and he says, See how great a love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God. That word lavished is, is literally, he literally means see what type of foreign kind of love God has loved us with. It's, it's unnatural. The, the, the love that God has for us is, is unnatural. You, you, you've seen it, some of you who have adopted children or fostered, sometimes people will say, well, why would you do that? And they say all kinds of crazy things. It's, it, there is a sense in us that we understand it, but there's also a sense that we don't, and it's foreign. Well, we've had people ask us, why would you do that? You have two children of your own. Well, the gospel. It's the gospel. There, there's a foreign element to it. Even in, in Romans chapter 9, verse 26, he, he speaks of, of, of sonship. And he says that you will be called my people. And it says there they shall be called sons of the living God. John 12 talks about that. That, that your, your sonship, Ephesians 5, 8 speaks to our sonship, to our, our becoming children. He says, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. First Thessalonians talks about it. Titus talks about it. The, the point is this. If we're to truly understand what Christianity is all about, the most fundamental of this truth is this, that you've been adopted. You have been adopted into God's family and now you have a new status as child of the living God. Sinclair Ferguson in a book entitled Children of the Living God, he makes the following statement. The notion that we are children of God, his own sons and daughters, is the mainspring of Christian living. Our sonship is the apex of creation and the goal of redemption. You know, verse 26 of, of Galatians chapter 3, he says very specifically, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ. The, the door to entrance into God's family is through Jesus Christ. It is, it is through repentance. It is through being justified. It is through being forgiven. It's through all those things. But ultimately, it's to a status of sonship and daughtership. That truly is the great privilege of Christianity. It's calling God our Father. And if we want to understand that, we've got to grasp that. We've got to grasp our own adoption if we're going to grasp His call to do the same. Salvation, the point is this, and you see it on your handout, salvation is so much more than simply the forgiveness of sin. It's the adoption and the gaining of a father. We don't just get taken out of the penalty of our sin. We get a father. 
We're not set free, simply set free to, hey, I hope this works out. No, no, we're taken in and loved and taken responsibility of by a father. David Platt says this, justification is not the end of the gospel. J.I. Packer, in a book entitled Knowing God, listen to what he says. He says, adoption is the highest privilege that the gospel offers, higher even than justification. That justification, by which we mean God's forgiveness of the past, together with his acceptance for the future, is the primary and fundamental blessing of the Christian, is not in question. He's saying he's not arguing about justification. Justification is the primary blessing because it meets our primary spiritual need. We all stand by nature under God's judgment. So we need the forgiveness of sins and the assurance of a restored relationship with God more than we need anything else in the world. But this is not to say that justification is the highest blessing of the gospel. Adoption is higher because of the richer relationship with God that it involves. The challenge for us as Christians is not simply seeing ourselves as forgiven. It's seeing ourselves as adopted. It's seeing ourselves as having been taken into God's family where we once were alienated through our sin to that family. Salvation is so much more than simply the removal of the punishment of sin. If we stop there, you never get to the joy of having gained a father, having been given a father. It, It would be like an orphan, like an orphan who's adopted and they're just simply glad to be out of the orphanage and never pursue a relationship with the, with the husband and wife who took them out of the orphanage. There's a relationship there to be had. I mean, justification, you see it on your handout, makes us right before God, but adoption proves that we are loved by God. We're not simply forgiven and set free, but rather we're brought into the very near presence of God. Through adoption. J.I. Packer in his, in his book, he goes on to say, To be right with God, the judge, is a great thing. But listen to this. But to be loved and cared for by God the Father is even greater. To be declared right by the God the judge is a great thing. But to be called a son or a daughter of God the Father is even greater. And, and that's really what I want us to grasp here. That as believers... Our relationship, our Christianity is more than simply just being forgiven. It's being loved by God as a father. That that is the essence of what it is to be a Christian. It is to be loved and adopted by God the Father. J.I. Packer, and forgive me, he, he has just this section here. He says in this book that was, that was just very rich. He says, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity... Find out how much he makes of the thoughts of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he does not understand Christianity very well at all. Do, do you sit there in awe of the fact that God is your father? Do you, do, you, do, you let that, do you let that thought permeate your being, that, that you have, you're not, you're, you've been chosen by God to be His son or His daughter? You've been adopted. That He's taken responsibility for you. 
you, you don't accidentally adopt a child. You don't wake up morning and say, how did that happen? How'd you get here? And, and it's no different with God. Ephesians says, before the foundation of the world, you know what he did? He planned to adopt you. He chose to adopt you. In spite of our sin, in spite of what it would cost him in giving up his son. Galatians 4, if you read on, he says, When the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those under the law. Planned. Purposed. You, you see that in, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse Verse 3, he says the, the very same thing. He says, and he, and he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the power of his word. When he had made purifications for the sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty, having become much better than angels and inherited a more excellent name than they. God has adopted us into his family through Christ. Everything under the sovereign control planned. The privilege as a Christian is not just the forgiveness of our sin, it's the status change of becoming a son, of becoming a daughter of the one true God. And that's what Paul is saying in, in Galatians. He says, you are, no, you are all sons through faith in Christ. There's a status change. But then he says in verse 27, for all who are, were baptized into Christ have clothed themselves with Christ. It's not only a, a status change, but as children of God through adoption, that new status, he says, ought to permeate everything about our life. Everything about our life ought to be interpreted, ought to be filtered through that new status change. He says, you have clothed yourself with Christ. Literally, he has put his royal robe on you, if you will. He sees you through Christ. The idea of your, of your new status, of your sonship, of your daughtership of God, that is, the, that is what drives every other component of your life. Commands it. And, and many of us, having not been adopted, probably have a hard time grasping that. I would bet you talk to a child who has been adopted, and now they have a father, and now they have a, a mother, and now they have someone to come home to and love them, I guarantee you that new status change permeates every aspect of their life. Because they know what it's like to not have that. I, I don't know what it's like to not have a mom and a dad. I don't know what that's like. I grew up in a wonderful home. There was never a doubt of my mom and dad's love for me. But as Dan has showed, as, as other statistics show, there are many, many kids who don't experience that. And not to their fault. That's not their fault. And what Paul is speaking to here in Galatians is, is, tra is really translating everything about our lives through our new identity in Christ. We have a new identity in Christ and that new identity changes everything about our lives. And literally what Paul is asking here is the question that I would ask is, does, does being a child of God fill your thoughts? Do you contemplate that? Does, that? does that permeate your mind? Do you ever sit in awe of the idea that you are a child of the living God? Not just forgiven, 
not just justified, adopted. That, that you're literally a child. I mean, like, like a child taking from an orphanage and, and now they, they get to sleep in a bed of their own. They get clothes of their own. Someone to call mommy and daddy. Someone to love them unconditionally. By again, somebody who chose them. That, that's, that's who we were outside of Christ. We were orphaned. We, 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 were, we were duped by Satan, who, who really, not a good father at all. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and yet God chose us. And again, not just, not, Christianity is not just that we were taken to the doors of the orphanage and the door opens up and you say, go, have fun, good luck. No, no, you, you're taken by somebody, namely God himself, and you're taken to his home and you're loved and you're cared for and you're promised to be provided for. That's salvation. You will now be my son and my daughter. New status. Moment by moment, sons and daughters. Those of us who have truly placed their faith in Jesus Christ alone. New status. Son, daughter of the living God. Belonging to the family of God. Having been adopted by God. It is a status change. It is a new identity that permeates, that affects every area of our lives. You will never again not be God's child if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. And everything about our lives has to be translated or, or interpreted through that status change. And, and think about that. Christ, he, he says He's our clothing. We are clothed with Christ. Our acceptance, God's love, all of that flows through Christ. We are loved, you see it on your handout, because of Jesus' work, not our own work. We'll talk about that more next week. But everything about our life has to flow from us being a child of God. When God looks at you, believer, he sees his son, he sees his daughter. Whole new status. It goes way beyond just simply keeping rules or, or doing this and that. It's a, it's a love story. It's about love. It is a satisfying love relationship through Christ's work. And the, the, the culmination of that, when we fully grasp that, when we fully grasp adoption, when we, when we fully grasp the greatness and the, the extent that which the gospel goes, then you'll see in our lives, point three, as adopted children by, by the grace of God, we are to love others if we've been loved. And that's what Paul talks about at the beginning of, of chapter 4 of, of Galatians. He says in verse 6, Because you are sons, God sent forth His Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave but a son, and if son, then an heir through God. God doesn't love you with this, this sappy, sentimental type of love. He, he loves you with agape love. It's a choice. And it's a choice that's, that's regardless of your worth. The reality is it's a choice in spite of your worth or a lack thereof, especially when it comes to sinners. We weren't worthy of it. We didn't deserve it. God's nature is to love with unconditional agape love. He, it's a choice. He chooses to love the unlovable. 
not because we deserved it, not because we warranted it, because it's an expression of his character. 1 John 4 says, we love, why? Because he first loved us. We know how to love, why? Because he first loved us. His love is the model. 1 John 3.18 says, let us not love with word or tongue, but how? In action and in truth. Why? Because that's how God loved us. And and agape love is always shown by what it chooses to do regardless of the worth. And, And God's love is most clearly pictured at the cross. He chose us. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5, But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ. We don't deserve it. We didn't warrant it, and yet God chose to love us. And, and this is why this is why we say it flows, everything about our life flows from the gospel, from a right understanding of the gospel. Why two weeks ago we talked about if you misunderstand the gospel, if you think you were worthy of it, then you're only gonna then you're only gonna love worthy people. If you think you deserved it, then you're going to turn around and you're only going to love deserving people. But when you realize your lack of worth, when we realize that we did not deserve to be loved, that in God's great rich and mercy, He simply chose to love us through Christ, then we'll respond accordingly. But, but again, how we see ourselves, how we view the gospel is, is vitally important. And that's why two weeks ago we talked about intentionality. This, we, we are called to make much of Christ. We are called to make much of the gospel. We, we are called to bring glory to God, not ourselves. And how we do that is through living out the gospel. And you'll see it on your handout. What the gospel teaches us is that before we are anything else, we are Christians. And that relationship both instructs and it fuels our relationship with others. It not only instructs us in how we're to be in relationship to others, but God's love fuels us on how we do relate to others. Again, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that He first loved us. His love not only instructs us in how to love, but it fuels us, and having been loved, we now can love others. But it all goes back to the gospel. It goes back to the understanding of our, of our identity and who we are in the gospel. It goes back to how, how were you first loved? No, nothing earned? Nothing merited? Nothing warranted? There's no applause of the angels saying, man, God, you made a good choice in choosing Chris. That was a good draft choice. Next Thursday, the NFL is going to hold their draft. That's not the concept of Christianity. It's not, hey, Chris, show me your 4-4 time, show me your dot-dot, and, and we're going we're gonna to fight. No, no, I had nothing to offer except sin. And yet God chose me. And, and the gospel is the great humbler of all persons. Why? Because we offer nothing to God, and yet He chose us. Beyond that, we can't pay Him back. And yet He chose us. And seeing ourselves, seeing ourselves rightly through the gospel 
it not only affects fostering and adoption, it'll affect your marriage, it'll affect your friendships, it'll affect you raising your kids. Everything permeates through my identity as being saved, as being chosen, as being a child of God. Why? Because it's the great humbler. There's no, there's no pride, there's no, there's no arrogance at the foot of the cross. Why? Because I couldn't earn it. And yet God chose me. In fact, He chose me in spite of what I had to offer, which was sin. And as I close, quickly, you'll see on your handout, you know, I want to show us real quickly, just specifically, our call to care for orphans and how it's modeled in our own adoption, how it's modeled in us contemplating our own adoption in God's family. And how, how we model the, our own, the gospel in our own lives is a big deal. And you see it in, on your handout there, A, our ministry to orphans is sourced in God and Him taking us into His family. We're, we're going to look at Ephesians 1 next, next week and Ephesians 2, but listen to Ephesians 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as, listen to this, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will. You see the intentionality? You see the choice? There, there's got to be a, a desire that says, in spite of what I feel, in spite of what I might be fearing, in spite of all this, I'm going to do what God's called me to do regardless. I'm going to trust Him. And adoption was always part of God's plan for you and I. And I believe it's His call for us in some, in some form or fashion to care for those who need to be cared for. He says very clearly, I will be a father to the fatherless. And God has placed the import of that on His people to in some way care and be fathers to the fatherless. And it's all sourced in our adoption first. It wasn't an afterthought. Adoption wasn't His second best. Adoption wasn't, well, I'll exhaust all of my means. Well, it's come down to that. I guess I'll have to do that. Before the foundation of the world, He chose us. And our lives, our Christianity is a, is a picture of that. Intentional. It won't all look the same, but there's got to be intentionality there. But, but not only that, not only is it sourced in our own adoption, our ministry to orphans is to be pursued for God's glory as a response to Him adopting us. God's glory, not our own. If you were to look at Ephesians 1, 6, and 7, even, even God adopting us to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace. Why pursue caring for those who need to be cared for? Because God cared for you and to His glory. Why pursue it? Glory of God. Why pursue it? God's name. Whether you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. That, that's why, again, that, that's why I'm so leery of people making much of us, whether it's through lyrics or, or whatever. When, when we place ourselves at the center 
of everything we do, if my glory, if it's about my glory, my life will look vastly different than if my life is about God's glory. And there is a great tendency in all of us to, put, to replace God and put ourselves at the center of everything, that my happiness is the center of everything, and, and that's wrong, that's sinful. And yet, that is the tendency of every single person in here. That, that's why our, our call is to crucify self. Our call is to deny self. And we exchange that, our glory, we exchange it with the glory of God. And everything, listen, everything that God does is for His own glory. You can do an entire study on that. Everything that God does is to His own glory. Therefore, everything that His children do ought to be His glory as well. It makes total sense. Because we're here to be reflectors of Him, not reflectors of us. We're here to make much of Him, not much of us. And what makes much of Him is, is us, His children, caring for those who need to be cared for. Why? Because that's exactly what He did for you and I. It's an easy transition to the gospel and to His glory. John Piper says the following. He says, We are adopted by God, not so that we will rejoice that God made much of us. We are adopted by God so that we will enjoy making much of God's grace as our Father forever. You, you catch the difference? We are adopted by God, not that we will rejoice that God made much of us. We're adopted by God that we will enjoy making much of God's grace as our Father forever. We are adopted so that in this family, the Father and the unique elder Son, Jesus Christ, will be the source and focus of all our joy. Therefore, the question for all of us, the first question when we, we ponder it is not feasibility or affordability. It's, am I fixed on the glory of God? Is my main objective the glory of God? Is my main objective to make God look glorious through my life? Is, the cent is Christ the center and the goal of every decision that I make? Is it about His glory? Will we care for those that are hard? Will we do this, not because it makes much of us, because it makes much of God? Completely different, because there will be days, trust me, if it's about you, that, that you're going to be sorry. It won't always be pretty. And yet, if it's about God's glory, that's a whole different story. Whole different motivation. And in adoption, we are modeling God's mercy. That's what it boils down to. We're modeling God's mercy. We're choosing to love others regardless of their worth, regardless of their ability to pay us back, Regardless of making much of us, why? Because it makes much of God. God chose you and I because it made much of Him. Therefore, we're to choose others because it makes much of Him. We, we have been adopted into God's family that we would make much of God and His grace for the rest of our lives. And adoption, fostering, caring for those in need in that sense, pictures that before a watching world the best. The best. And therefore... These ministries are to be pursued with intentionality. And again, it's modeled by our own understanding of our own salvation. Because you and I have been first loved, we are called to love others in the same way. 
And that's very clear in the word. And we have to ask ourselves, it won't look the same in all of our lives. But we are called to love others specifically in this ministry that we're looking at over these six weeks. We're specifically called. Again, two weeks ago, James 1.27, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit widows and orphans in their distress. Sacrificial mercy. 